What's up? What's up? Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the Swift Chancellor. Blah, 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 blah. The Swift Chancellor Report. My name is Wes Jackson, your host, and welcome to uh, YCRadio.org, the voice of today's generation. Here, as always, on the beautiful campus of CUNY York College in wonderful Jamaica, Queens. Uh, happy to be back. We missed you guys last week. Uh, our, our, our wonderful engineer boss down here, Brian, was sick. So we're glad to see him back in hell so we can rock out with you guys again. And also, um, for those who who follow us, who are going to be listening to the podcast and follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, you will notice that some of our um, old episodes are down. That's because uh, the kid right here made a big mistake. On SoundCloud, you can't post copyrighted, copywritten material. So I can play it here through the station's license, but when I pick up the whole episode and put it on there I got caught by the copyright police and I'm not even mad at SoundCloud because it's all my fault they give you three warnings the first time they tell you hey heads up second time they won't let you download tracks and the third time they cancel your account so my old old Swift Chancellor account has just been canceled it's gone into the ether Um, so we set up a new one that we're now repopulating with all the shows from uh, when we started rocking here at YC Radio. So give us about a week, and everything will be back up on the new channel, and then we'll be back up on iTunes as well. But, you know, don't mess with the copyright law, guys. It's funny because it used to be a little bit more like the Wild Wild West, and now they got these algorithms, right? I posted something on YouTube for the business yesterday, and they found like a J. Rude the Damager copyright. I mean... You used to be able to get away with, with smaller artists, but the first time I got caught, I was we did a Drake episode. I don't know if you remember that, Brian. And when we had um, those young yeah, the, guys. The young guys in here, yeah. yes. And the day after that, Universal Records was like, you have Drake material, and they, they shut it down. And I should have taken heed, but anyway, such is life. But, you know, I respect that. You know, we can't just, without proper permits, you can't take people's copywritten material. So, um Anywho, such is life. So anyway, super excited about today's show. We have a special guest calling in. Uh, Our guest for this week is legendary graffiti artist named James Top, a.k.a. AKA J-E-E-2, one of the pioneers of uh, uh, graffiti in New York, Brooklyn resident, bombing trains, you know, for, you know, 30 years ago, probably almost 40 years ago, I guess I'll find out. I don't want to blow up James's age, but a, a real OG of the culture. And he's going to tell us a little bit about um, what it was like in those sort of early days. That's why our, our, today's theme music is all going to be old, kind of like Sugar Hill, Enjoy Records, late 70s, early 80s hip hop, just to put us all uh, right in the mood of things. But James is going to talk about what the culture was like before it was a billion dollar industry, when it was a little bit more rugged and when the graffiti artists the criminals that the MCs claim to be, erroneously, it was the graffiti artists who were the soldiers of hip-hop culture who literally were going to jail for their art. Not not, not these blowhard rappers, but James is going to talk about what that was like, you know, in the early 80s, late 70s, hitting the train yards, and, and um, we'll talk about getting up and going all city. Um, so this is one for the graph writers, and as a... Uh, with the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival, I'm super excited. We're going to be working with James to produce some more graffiti-themed programming uh, come July, uh, July 12th to the 15th, when the festival jumps off. So um, happy to be collaborating with him, somebody who really knows his stuff and is can, is going to connect us to the other great legends um, and the connected dots. Because I think in hip hop, you know, the MC is sort of at the top of of the pyramid, then the DJ. Then maybe, and then the B-Boy and the graph artists have sort of been forgotten. But um, as we always want to do here on the SCR is we want to put things in context. And remember back when hip-hop was first starting, it was the complete opposite. It was the B-Boy and the graph artists were the superstars. And then it was the DJ, right? Herc, Bambada, Flash, all of our all of our fathers of the culture were DJs. The the MCs were sort of the last ones uh, on the train, were just sort of accoutrements uh, to to the DJ, and now it's just turned upside down. Which is no no judgments. It's just an interesting intellectual uh, process to just discuss it. So we're going to sit down with James in about ten minutes. But um, to that end, just in terms of our our I guess our first segment is my little rant. 
is I've been going on a lot, a lot on Facebook and uh, with some of my friends and even with my, you know, my wife and my boys about this um, LeVar Ball. Um, and for those who don't, who are not following college basketball, LeVar Ball is the father of Lonzo Ball, who's the star of UCLA basketball. Just lost uh, in the March Madness tournament to Kentucky. He's got two other ball, two other boys, uh, Leangelo and Lamelo, who are senior in high school and a sophomore in high school. And the the family, the Ball family, has a company called the Big Baller Brand. And Lavar Ball, the father, is kind of trying to shake up the system a little bit and addressing an issue that's been near and dear to me, which is the exploitation of young black men. Um, by college and professional athletes. I like to call it the plantation economics, where there are just a lot of young, athletic, strong black bucks earning untold money for a very small class of typically rich, middle-aged white men. It's it's not picking cotton, and I'm not certainly going to uh, uh, try to make that one-to-one comparison, but there's a very... Um, a book that opened my eyes to this called The $40 Million Slave, where it's proportionally the same, is that, you know, you have artists making, four, uh, artists, athletes making $40 million, and you're telling them, you know, Colin Kaepernick be, being blackballed, shut up, don't talk about this stuff, be happy for this money that you're making. Um, but the $40 million that, say, you know, um, Carmelo Anthony might be making with the Knicks pales in comparison to the money that James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, is making. So uh, proportionally, it is uh, the new version of slavery. And I think that the NCAA, March Madness, you know, the wicked NFL, which maybe if we can get into it at the end, we'll talk about what they're doing to Kaepernick. And I'm fully behind this uh, boycott NFL hashtag that's coming out, that if uh, Colin Kaepernick is blackballed for just standing up silently, standing up by sitting down or kneeling down to just make a comment about police brutality and he can no longer earn a living as a professional athlete, then we need to rethink why are we supporting the NFL? But the March Madness, NCAA March Madness, which is supposedly an an amateur athletic uh, conference, an amateur athletic association, and then this is just their big tournament. Meanwhile, the NCAA gets 89% of their annual revenue from the March Madness on television contract, which last at last count is valued at about $6 billion. Um, John Calipari, who's the coach of the Kentucky that just beat UCLA, it gets paid $8 million. Meanwhile, all of his players are barred from earning a dime uh, beyond tuition and room and board, but uh, their likeness is being sold, their jerseys are being sold, uh, they're being used to drive uh, admissions. They're used to being drive ticket sales, uh, food. It's it, they're they're selling sneakers. They're making money for Nike, for Adidas, and Levar Ball is coming out here saying, you know what? I think this system is messed up. Before I'm going to have my own business, essentially my own brand that my boys and me are going to run, and that we're going to promote. So we're going to promote BBB Big Baller brand uh, before UCLA, before Nike, before Under Armour. And there's just a lot of slander coming at LeVar Ball's way, saying that he is a overbearing father, kind of living out his dreams to his boys, which I don't necessarily fully dispute. And he says some reckless things about saying that that uh, Lonzo is better than Steph Curry, which is sort of factually um, hard to prove, if not impossible. He took some shots at uh, Le- uh, LeBron James, saying that he's doing a better job taking care of his son's future than LeBron is. Things that are just sort of out of bounds. But at its core, what what LeVar Ball is doing is trying to shake up and break down this exploitive system. And I'm all for that. And um, so I, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. I encourage you guys to do any search. He's been on ESPN a ton of times. But I think that what what why I defend LeVar Ball, because he's told his boys at a young age, you can accomplish anything that you want. You can be the best um, at anything you put your mind to, everything that me as a, as a father that I say to my kids all the, all the time, it just so happens it seems like not only that his kids have believed it because you know uh, Lonzo may be the number one draft pick, uh, his uh, D'Angelo and Lamelo already got commitments to go to UCLA, and he's out there bragging about it. That you know it seems like the whole unit has believed it, and somehow when you have this sort of powerful, um, unapologetic black man telling 
the world that me and my other little black boys can can indeed accomplish everything that we ever wanted to do. People are now mad, and then they're making fun of him. And they some video came out of him, um, you know, struggling in a men's basketball league, and you know they're they're just sort of criticizing him. And to what end? Uh, you know, I think they're just trying to tear down these these men who step who step up, and these people and these people in our community who step up against injustice. Same thing with Kaepernick, and. The only thing is, is how I'm going to sort of connect the dots to, you know, hip hop and the SCR here. And what we're going to talk about with James is that this is, in my mind, this is the real influence of hip hop culture on the world. Is that now Jay-Z didn't accept these garbage deals. Drake doesn't accept these garbage deals. Uh, Tribe Called Quest didn't accept these garbage deals that the system was putting out. And they shaked, they shook it up and they turned it all around. That now you're seeing... That that ethos that comes from the graffiti artists bucking the system, comes from the b-boy um, putting themselves, peacock and putting themselves on display, comes from the MC speaking, you know, power to words, truth to, truth to power. It comes from the, the DJ being able to manipulate sounds and technology. Hip-hop says you don't have to take, if, if it's a bad deal, you just don't have to take it anymore. Um, and now you're just sort of seeing people sitting across the table from the NCAA or from Under Armour uh, or Nike saying like, you know what, I'm not really with this. And I have the power. You know, my son is a Lonzo Ball fan. He's not a UCLA fan. My son is a Steph Curry fan. He's not an Under Armour fan. He's a LeBron James fan, not a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. He will follow them. So I think we're seeing a whole new class of our community, and not just, you know, thankfully black people who have been marginalized for so often, but you're seeing it spread across, you know, to, to all races and all creeds and sexual orientations of saying, if you don't like that deal, don't take it. If they're treating you unfairly, bomb the system. And and that's what we're going to talk about with James is um, when the MCA, M MCA, MTA and the NYPD was treating us unfairly and criminalizing us and taking away our resources, the graffiti artists went in there and just smacked it all around and really changed the world. And um, we'll talk about with James about how advertising and marketing and business is really, really, we're playing the graffiti artist game and we don't even realize it. So um, shout out to LeVar Ball. Keep, keep thumbing your nose at the system. Shout out to everybody who's got a terrible boss that they have to deal with and somebody like Bill O'Reilly insulting our, our sisters like Maxine Waters. You know, you should give them the middle finger and say, we're not standing for this anymore. This is a new generation. And, you know, you know, message to you, you know, we're not our grandparents. You can all catch these hands, either physically that they put your hands on you or metaphorically that we're going to renegotiate these deals. Um, so that, that sense of disruption and, and, and revolution is really what hip-hop is about, not just about... Um, strip clubs and lean and and uh you know maybe something you'll hear on amigos record but as always we're going to explore the other side of this a little bit but anyway um let's get it we're going to take a quick break we'll come back with my brother james top let's get into let's take it all the way back let's go to world famous supreme team hey dj keep playing that song keep me dancing all right we'll be back swift chance report ycradio.org follow us at brooklyn bodega at west of the jack we'll be back that's the jam right there. I'm sorry. All right, we're back. Swift Chance to Report. YCRadio.org, the voice of today's generation. I'm your host, Wes Jackson. And uh, make sure to join the conversation at Brooklyn Bodega. You can follow me at West of the Jack. And I'm very, very excited to be joined by our special guest, Mr. James Top. James, you there? James is definitely in the house, man. <laughs> How you doing today, Wes? I'm good. I'm good, brother. I'm, fi I'm glad we finally got a chance to do this. You're supposed to be... Um, had you last week, but Brian messed that up. Okay, I was supposed to be in there last week, but you know what, man? I'm so happy to be here this week, man. Yeah. So we can forget about last week, man, and, and I'm happy to be in the present. Yes, sir. That's that's the perfect way to look at it. So, James, um, lot to cover, but just give us for those, give me the you know the short and sweet on your, like the 20 sure. seconds, your background, where you came from, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of it. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, my name is uh, James Top. I'm better known as the People's Graffiti Artist. Um, I, I grew up in the East New York section. I'm a founding member of the Top Crew, which actually stands for the Art Partners. Mid to the late 70s, we dominated these and the BMT subway lines. Uh, uh, today I'm in, in, in 
consultant uh, to many area schools. Um, for over 18 years, I've also been the host of Graffiti NYC, which is a cable television show here in New York City. And, um, you know, I do everything as far as graffiti art is concerned uh, from being an artist as, uh, you know, well as an, an advocate for this art form here in New York City. And I'm very happy uh, to do this. I currently live in Harlem. And I'm a Harlem resident, and, but my artwork is part of the uh, prestigious Schomburg collection here oh, wow. uh, in Harlem. But um, I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of this uh, this podcast, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> we are too. Know. So, James, just bring us back because what I was saying in, in the first part is the where sort of the graffiti artist is on the hip hop spectrum is different than it was back then so so when did you start writing what what year are we talking about let's uh, i'm actually I, I actually started in the very early uh, 1970s like 71 and 1972 um like i said i grew up in the uh east new york section lewis h pink houses and uh as a kid i i grew up uh wanting uh you know to be an artist and, and to express myself but, you know, back then there was a financial, uh, you know, crisis here in the city, and the first thing they did do was eliminate all the art programs, which left a person, you know, like myself, wanting to know more about art and learning art, um, you know, um, kind of left me out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing was that um, not long ago there were some other kids, not even... Uh, you know, kids, uh, they started an, an art form using spray paint cans uh, called graffiti art, and I was fascinated about that art form, and I, I was, I joined, and I was a part of that art form. So, you know, so what was the thing? Did me. you did you see? Did you sort of was there somebody in your neighborhood who was tagging? Like, when did you first see uh, what we what what you what we now call graffiti art? Yeah, that that was the the, the first thing I kind of seen, uh, you know, when I was getting on the uh, subway trains. Uh, you know, I, I, I seen uh, people's names big, and I wanted to know how they they would do that. And, um, you know, I was fascinated by all the different designs I would see um, with these people writing their names on the train. They didn't know anything about it and who was doing it and, and how to get involved. And... Um, th- there was a, a a guy who lived us in the next building. Uh, his name was Chair Two, and um, he sort of me down the path and 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 teaching me a graffiti art. And I'm so right. grateful that that he did because it became uh, eventually a calling for me, right. and I got involved in, in the graffiti art movement. So we're talking about early, so you're talking about 71, 72. So this is before hip-hop was on record. I mean, so... Before the first before the first MC ever picked up a mic. Yes, indeed. Right, right. <laughs> Graffiti art is the first element of hip-hop for those that don't know. Right. And so what was it like? I, I, I was sort of also saying is that the graffiti artists, from an intellectual standpoint, are very fascinating in the sense that Everyone claims to be this sort of rebel, but you guys were the only ones literally risking your life for your art. Tell me what it was like, you know, to be getting up, uh, you know, sort of in those oh. early days in the in the old New York. This ain't the gentrified New York. This yeah, is yeah. Well, I'm, New York. I'm glad you brought that up because you see a lot of a lot of people don't know, uh, you know, graffiti art and its truest essence. You know, you you're breaking every rule that that uh, 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 apply to what society says that you shouldn't do that you do and, and and basically we are promoting ourselves and advertising ourselves and um you know what i i, I just wanted to be an artist i, di- I didn't know anything about breaking laws and breaking rules because you know i remember first of all new york city was a much different place back then and that that it is today there were yeah. a lot of abandoned houses yeah, how so? Yeah, Just for those, because we have some people who probably listen and have no point of reference. So, kind of like, so what was it like, you know, when when you were when you were there? Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of crime, 
um, you know, for instance, if you would have got, if you need an ambulance, you're better off getting there yourself because it would take EMTs a half an hour probably at the earliest to, to get to you. Um, you know, you call the police and they would never respond. Um, abandoned buildings. Hmm. Um, drugs. And, you know, a lot of gangs. Um, me getting involved with, uh, you know, graffiti art was uh, a deterrent to, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to do that than, than get involved with gangs. So it, it was a much different New York than, you know, I, I think nine, a lot of these young people you know it was a totally different place altogether. And, uh, you know, I got involved with the graffiti art movement, and, and I could have I got involved with gangs of drugs, but I decided to get involved with this new art movement. Was that a way, so was getting, sort of getting down with a, with a crew of writers, did that get some of the gangs sort of off your back? Like, uh, you know, James is, he's one of those graph guys, like, leave him alone. Oh, was yeah. it a bit of a protection? Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, for, for, for sure. You know, um, around my way, really... Um, well-known gang, very, very violent. Uh, and they called the Tomahawks, and uh, the leadership was in the projects, and it was a really bad gang. And uh, you know, after a while, I guess they started seeing my name so much that uh, I got a free pass, and uh, it, it sort of represented, you know, my community. Back then, I didn't write James. I wrote G. Uh, there was another movement going on, too. It was called the uh, 5% movement, mm -hmm. um, you know, for those that may not even know about the 5% movement. So, you know, you had the gangs, you had the 5%ers, and, and at a certain point they were um, vying for leadership in, in the community. If you didn't know these guys, then, uh, you know, you would bump heads with them and uh, you'd be bumping heads with the wrong people. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, it, it was, Trent, you know, to explain to a lot of the young people uh, the different movements that were going on. And, and then uh, also, too, now we, we, we're talking about the graffiti art movement, which was kind of like the start of uh, the hip-hop movement. So those that got involved with, uh, you know, a, a graffiti art, was the beginning of the hip hop movement. Yeah, now how so you say that? Now now how so? Now how did it morph? So you're do so was it graffiti then the B-boys, then the DJs and the MCs? That's how I always understood it. How, how do you it, see it? I I see it as uh you know gra graffiti, um the DJs and the MCs and and then last uh was the dance form which was uh the B-boy breaking and uh and they have a lot of other uh, a dance art form, but for sure, graffiti was first. Uh, the DJ and and then the MC because they would. A lot of times, I would hear them be playing the music before I get on the mic. And then you had some DJs, Brooklyn like Flowers and Dice. They were part of the graffiti art movement. Um, you know, be, before music got really big, and they started, uh, you know, playing the music. Right. So, um, so just to let people know, well, that's the way I see it. Some people see things a little bit differently, but one thing, well, there's no mistake about that, was that graffiti was the first element of hip hop. No one makes that mistake. Right. So how you did know, it? How did it? How did it add on? Like, what is it? I, I, I'm trying to find a way to phrase this right, but how, how did it sort of morph? If graffiti was first. How did how did those other elements yes, uh, add on? Was it the same people? Was it, you know, you were you were you were also attracting the, the writers and the musicians? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much was you know we all the, the same people, um, sort of separated from regular society. We had our own rules and regulations. Um, you know, we had our own dress. Um, we had our own art form, and, and we started to develop our own music. You know, there were a lot of people involved with the graffiti art movement. And, well, I, I wasn't part of, uh, um, you know, hip-hop. And you know what? 
I wasn't part of hip hop either. When I, I grew up, Mr. R&B and, and, and funk and, and all those other things. But you got to remember, made up, uh, you know, hip hop music and, and some of the first music um, that was connected with MCs and scratching and stuff like that with James Brown music and, and funk beats and, and things of that nature. And that's the stuff that I grew up on, you know, Olympic Runners, uh, you know, D-Train, um, all those funky grooves, Mandrill, and, uh, you know, all that stuff I grew up on. Right. And there, there was not hip-hop yet. It, it, it wasn't created yet. Right, right. So whatever the pre, whatever, and, and, and where DJs would find their beats at and, and scratch and, and use for MCs to rock their flow over, that was the music that I heard. Right, right. Before the MCs got on. So there's a weird, so graffiti, so the MCs uh, and, and hip-hop music is connected to graffiti, but graffiti artists are not necessarily connected to the music because you could have a graffiti artist that predates the whole yeah, re- revolution. Yeah, and, and, and then they have people in, in other communities um, you know, they, they might have listened to rock and, you know, whatever else they listened to up there. I, I don't know. But, but basically, this was a cry from the inner cities, from the suppressed people, that, uh, you know, we are finally, we took our, we had our voice. We were expressing ourselves. There was a need for us to express ourselves about how we felt and how and, and what our conditions were. But also, too, we're expressing ourselves, too, that we are also happy, too. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't all sad, but each and every individual there's also a need to express yourself and how, and how you do it. Right. I always wanted to be an artist, and there was nobody to teach me, so I learned in the streets and in the train yards and in the tunnels in New York City and where we, we did the art. And, and, and I felt good expressing myself and letting the, know, the world know that I was out here. I was one of those people that was crying out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm alive because totally ignored by society did not care about us none whatsoever so the idea i mean that's i mean this is so heavy right this is like a this is like a phd obviously we're trying to cram into you know 30 minutes but you you talk about there's a sense of right from a marketing standpoint yeah that the, that that graffiti became vandalism right and it became just you guys trying to mess things up but then you're talking about it was, but there was also this sense of the beautiful art that came in. I was just reading up on you that you are mentor to uh, to Dondi, who I think is like has one of my favorite pieces of all time. What what? what why do people get it wrong? Why do people think mm-hmm. think? Of, why does the you know the, the I, amateur hear graffiti the whole, and think of a vandal and not an artist? I'm so happy you you brought this up. You know, first of all, there were, there were crimes that were committed against us long before. Before we committed any crimes, mm. and, and and first of all, you have to remember there were thousands, if not millions, of abandoned buildings and, and properties in in New York City, and, and and nobody teaching us art. So we took those spray paint cans, and of course we were trying to practice, and we were doing them on abandoned buildings in the parks, and we had a competition to each other with each other on subways and, and, and buses and, 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 and on public buildings because we wanted to be somebody. Every time I wrote my name and they erased my name, I let them know that I was still here and I was still alive. And, and I'm, I'm crying out that, yeah, we, we're here. And, and some people cried out that we need help. And some people cried out on a lot of different subject matters, but you have to remember this. I would not have been there if I would have had an art class mm. to walk into. I didn't have to learn in the tunnels, in the streets, other places that I was not supposed to put my name. They didn't care about me, and I didn't care about what they had out here, man. <laughs> I want people to know I was here. I'm alive, yeah. man. yeah. No doubt. So I, I did it when I was way uh, years ago when I was in grad school. I did a project in um, on the Tats crew, and I remember talking uh, talking to them, and they kind of like explained to me what it was like 
to do your art, which I always say is like people don't appreciate graffiti artists because there's no, like you're saying, there's, there's no studios and canvases and lighting. You're in the dark, right? With a flash yeah. type, with, with cops chasing you. Right. Just just give me right. a little snapshot of like of what it was like to actually do your art in, in those early days. So you better, uh, first of all, we had to break into the yard. And, and what I mean by break in, some guys with holes uh, in the fence, down the tunnel, or you have to climb up on a pole to get to a layup that on an elevated track. But first of all, I wanted to let you know that even before you think about going into the train yard, or you had to get some markers and you had to get some ink. But let's just say you wanted to paint your name outside. Right. Um, you would either pick a yard, which is on the outside. You had to break into that. Most of them were very well guarded. Or you had to go into a layup, which was very dark and very dangerous if you use a spray paint because of the films that's involved. There was always a live third rail. Mm. You touch that. Any part of your body or any spray paint can or whatever it is, there is a major problem with your life. Right. That's, I mean, it's very, it's, very dangerous. Right. It's, you, to touch be that, you touch that third rail, you're done, right? It, there's no. Uh, definitely done. Back in those days, I didn't carry no ID, so I would have been a John Doe man in that train yard. With a bag of spray paint, man, and 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 I would have been another, I guess, homeless person, whatever, man, in that train yard, dead. Nobody would know me and who I was at all. And and and, and beside those dangers, you get arrested, and and then for some people, they have to worry about other guys coming and, and taking their their paint and, and beating them up. Um, you know, and and then you have to have a, a certain skill level. Um, you know, back in those days, first you would have to be uh, the king of your projects. I remember hitting every 22 <laughs> buildings uh, in, in, in my projects, all the staircases, and even the rooftops, too. Then you had to be the king of your community. Then you would go into the train yard and try to be the king of your line. So, and, and, so hold yeah, on real yeah. quick. Let me just, so, so you're saying, like, you have to do this, have to do that. Was this sort of like... Regulated that you were that that you would have a problem in the train yards if you started you know tagging G and nobody knew who you were, or you know. Well, yeah, that that too. But you know your your skill level. There there, there was you have to practice. You know, I can use a spray paint can like a pencil, but I doubt that others untrained people can. Yes, sir. I, I'm so comfortable with a spray paint can that I don't need a pencil. But for some other people, you need to practice a long time with a spray paint can to be good. You know, it just takes a certain amount of skill level, man. Anybody can't pick up that spray yeah. paint can. I mean, people try, but, you know, you need a lot of practice. You need a lot of practice to right. be good with that spray paint can. But I just, which is, which I'm just trying to, because I remember, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little younger than you, but I remember like, you know, you could tag up around the neighborhood, but only the illest dudes even attempted to go to the yards. I mean, was that something like, That's what I'm and, talking and about. I think like, and, and the other stuff that I was talking about, that was the practice you needed. And also to name recognition too, you know, because if you wasn't known, you was a straight up toy. A toy, yes. And nobody would respect you. They don't respect your work. They go over your work, all your hard work, and, until you establish yourself um, kind of like in the league, like the NBA. Yeah. You know, you don't, <laughs> get no, don't get those calls until you establish yourself in the league. And, and that's how it was for us in the train line. But it also became um, our ground zero, whereas um, you have to get yourself known, you know, you would have to get yourself known, and, and people have to respect your work because if you was coming up there with that bullshit, people would just go over it. Right, right. We got to keep it. A, we got to keep it G rated, though. We're in a college. Oh, I'm sorry, about that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's all good. Um, so, but I'm saying, but this is. I mean, this is so fascinating, and okay. I want to kind of pivot to like the here and now. But I think that there was such, but this was a. It was almost like a self regulated. Um, Community, correct? It was. I mean, yeah. this was yeah. Yeah. that yeah. hip hop. We, we building 
uh, on your community, but also to a culture. Right. And, and, and when all this comes, rules and regulations, such as you can't take tags on churches and in and, and private people's vans and on houses and, and stuff. You know, we had, there's rules to these games. Um, you know, throw-ups go over tags, throw-ups, you know, there's four basic elements in, in graffiti art. The, the first one is a tag, your signature. The second one is a throw-up style. The third one is the most complicated, which is a burner, which includes, of course, complicated, you know, letter, right. uh, uh, in addition to, and, and, Others supported by characters and background. So wait, just rewind a little so, bit. So I explain mean, to me, wait, James, hold on one second, just because the tag, quick. the tag I get, the burner I get. The tag the, is the, first. That is the, the, the first element of style and graffiti. Right. So sp- explain, the, explain the, the throw and, up and a little bit better. Basically, the throw up is um, sort of like a little higher than what a tag is. But it's basically two colors. Um, you know, you have an inside color, and then you have an outline. Um, mostly done with sort of like a style, um, letter, letter uh, form. Okay. And then there is burner is being included, being complemented by... Um, you know, you have your artwork, which is supposed to be complicated, um, with a 3D, three-dimension on it, complemented also by characters and a background. Wow. That would be considered burner. Yes. Right. So the burners, those are the big, beautiful pieces you yes. see on the sides of the train or those on, the, on big, the walls. Yes. You got it. Those are the big... Um, you know, nice pieces people like. What people mostly see is the throw-up because you could do that fast. And it is also uh, meant for defense to protect. It establishes you in certain places and is also used as a weapon mm. of offense and defense. Oh, wow. Okay. I was one of the created my crew, the top crew, we mastered and and we are the only crew in New York City that became the kings of every subway line in New York City. There's three divisions, the IND, the BMTs, and the IRT subway lines. The top crew was the only crew mm. that was ever kings of every train line in New York City. There's feet matched by no other crew. And I, I'm the last and five member of the original Our Partner crew coming out of Central Brooklyn. No doubt. And I think just to bring it back up, so I just want to kind of pivot um, to sort of the here and now. I always find it fascinating that these days sure. of, of MCs taking these aliases, that's a graffiti thing, right? That, um, yeah. you know, yeah, that, yeah. that well, Rakeem... Drig Diggs is is the RZA. That's that was you to kind of hide. That was you guys hiding your identity from the police. Correct. There you go. Because if they catch you one time, if they know you as Joe, and they catch you, they say, Joe, we don't want to see your name no more. And Joe, you know, you 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 promise because the judge says, if they bring you back in here, Joe again, <laughs> that's it. So yeah. Joe had to change his name now to Thomas. Or, you know, you had, to, you had to change your name up. And, and sometimes some people, they change it up more than once. And then sometimes you get tired of doing the same name and you'll take and you'll do letters that you like to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I wrote G, and that was J-E-E. And um, I changed my name to James later on, um, not only because it's my real name, but because it had more letters and, and, and more fun letters I like, like the S. And right. the M and the, and you know I've always been doing the E, but I like the A too, and I've always been doing the J. So I have a lot of letters that I I like to actually do to draw. Right, right, right. So yeah, I think it's it's yeah. just that people don't realize that. But so let me. So what happened? What? Why? When did when did graffiti move from the forefront of the culture 
to now uh, to to the amateur to the layman to the back. What happened to your I, industry? I wrote, well, you know what? Um, um, they they found it was much easier. They found a formula that was much easier for them uh, to take the industry, the music industry, and use it to to their advantage and to make a lot of money. Um, you know, music is a much easier art form for them to use to um, make a lot of money to make people famous. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 they did that. Um, but I don't think graffiti art is in the in in the background. You got to remember our art form that we created here in 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 New York City is a big part. All over the world. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, um, just to, you know, we get this at the end, or, or, or we can we can catch it now because what they've done with music, they're also trying to do that with art too. But it was much easier for them to, um, you know, with music right. as opposed to doing it with art. Now, let me just just to clarify, I'm not I'm saying in the sense of when people think of hip hop, they think of the MC now, right? First, and the MCs are making the lion's share, you know, of of yeah, and they of the money. all the attention, and they get the attention. Yes, MCs. Oh God, no! But you know what? It, it's 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 all right. Um, I, I don't. You know, for those those that the culture hip hop, eventually they they get down, they get to me. <laughs> they get to us, yes. You know, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, and, and, and then as you, you know, you find out more about culture, and and you find beauty now in the art form because most people uh, connect vandalism, and, and it's the furthest thing. Our thing was always want to beautify our community and, and come back and, and 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 do great things in our community. Uh, you know, with this art form. It's just the way they portray us in the media. And then for the music part, too, you know, the music that you hear does not represent our community. We ain't going out there shooting people and we ain't making <laughs> billions of dollars. And, you know, there's a whole lot of fallacies in that, and there's a whole lot of fallacies in, you know, how they portray this art form, too. And, and it's furthest from the truth. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I don't know what to, what to tell you, but I know one thing, if, if you celebrate this art form, you'll learn about how beautiful this art form is and all the great people that gave tremendous contributions to the evolution of the art form and, and, and making this art form of, you know, what it is. And, and it was the first element that was ever created. And that right. was hip hop. But so and so I say this and I think we, we I know is. when we talked this morning kind of in preparation for this, the, the it again to the layman it mm. seems that graffiti has been buried. But I'm sure as you as a graffiti artist look around and you see the tenants of graffiti almost everywhere. I would argue that graffiti has taken over the world more so than than the music when you look at advertising and bus raps. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our influence is powerful and, 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 and so great, and, and people need to recognize this because some of the great architects and contributors of this art form, just like in hip-hop, are, are still alive. I mean, you know, most of these guys are under the age of 60 years old, and, and, and they're still alive, and they're just as good as they, they were back in the 70s, and, and including myself. And, uh, you know, when I see advertising, full advertising on bus and trains, and I say, God, if we could have only copyrighted that, man, <laughs> we'd be all rich now. Right. And, and, and so when people advertise with stickers, we did all those things exactly. first. Exactly. And, and, and guess what? Um, when, when you see a guy walk around in a backpack and says, hello, my name is, that was us. Yeah, right, uh, right, exactly. And, yeah. and I don't even want to talk about our impact. With, with fashion and, uh, you know, the creativity we, we do with letters, and it's been put on so much. And, and there's an explosion um, with art. Look at Williamsburg. Yeah. Look, look at the city now um, where you now see more art than, than you ever seen it 
um, you know, before. Um, I do tours here in Harlem, and it, it is, and to be an artist, it is a great time to see art here in, in New York City like you've never seen it before. There's more people involved in our going and get more cultured in art galleries and, yeah. and looking at murals. And, and now we're not just talking about small murals. I'm talking about, man, we're doing entire buildings. Yeah, right, right. Right, you see those. I mean, I can't, I mean, this is not necessarily one-to-one ratio, but to me, when you just sort of even going through like Times Square and you see those huge you know, pictures of people in these advertisements, I was like, this oh, yeah, is, this is yeah. a graffiti thought of like, put your I, image in the we, middle we, of we, the uh, middle of the city where everybody can see it. That that was that was what, what graph artists That, that all came from graffiti and, and, and that is the influence and, and that is what we Yeah. So let me, uh, I got so one, I got one last sort of, I got a theory I want to run by you before, I, before you take your part in shots. But I, I also think that um, that when you look at social media, I, I had this theory when I was in grad school that the original social network were, was was tagging on trains, was bombing trains. This idea of a private message on a public forum where you're writing James Top or, or, or G, you know, G2 or whatever it is, and you're in East New York, and then that train goes all the way through mm. and you go all city then somebody in the Bronx where I grew up is like, oh, snap, there goes James again. And then let me take my message and send it back on the train mm-hmm. is is basically Instagram, right? Let me just put my image up, send it out on this network, and let's see who, how many likes I get. And then it comes back to me. Like, do you see that? I mean, this may be a little too, like, nerdy or wonky on me, but do you see that, that sort of mode of communication from your, you know, from from – the culture that, that you help create? First of all, I want to say, did you write that, man? You are a genius, man. <laughs> I did get an A on that paper. Don't let nobody take <laughs> genius away from you, man, because that was beautiful, man, what you just now said, and you are 100% correct, man. Yeah, well, it only means anything if you agree. If you don't agree, then it's all garbage. <laughs> I, 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 I probably agreed way before you, man, because, see, I see it, because that's how it was. Back then, of course, it wasn't known as Instagram or anything like that. You know, we used to communicate. And then, you know what, see, that we got labeled all these other things such as sandals and criminals. I, I didn't even know that I was an artist. I used to be ashamed mm. to tell people that I was involved with this art form because they would look at me like I was a criminal and I was crazy and you can't live and survive uh. as being that go get a real job and i've heard every last single thing and it almost broke me mm. but there's people out there that think like you that has helped supported me um through all kind of craziness man even before i wanted to teach at hostos college there are people protesting man politicians jumping up right? and yeah. saying by me all kind of craziness so you were well beyond, man, your time, man. When you said that, that was exactly it, man. And I would definitely love to see that paper, man. Let's hang that up, man. <laughs> I'm send, I'll send it to you. Well, no, thank I, you. I, that I, means a lot to me. Man. That means a whole lot to me to hear you no, say No, man, that. you were right on target, man. Right. You were right on target, Because I remember, man. you know, you say even like Facebook. Like you think about that, oh, somebody wrote on my wall. And the first time I right. heard that, I was like, wait, writing on walls? Like that's that's right. us. That's that's hip hop. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna write that a is. message. I'm gonna write "Happy Birthday, James" on your wall, and then leave. Right. And then everybody walks uh-huh. by and sees it. That's that's a the, right. Zuckerberg took that from graffiti. That's ours. From graffiti. You ain't, should ain't get a royalty some... from Facebook, James. That's we should. Ain't, we, we sure should. <laughs> I, I wish, man, we could find who to sue. Um, which which brings <laughs> me up to a, another. Thing was that see all those beautiful masterpieces that we did on the train they claim was on the public domain but we were smart enough to put our crew insignias on it so in other words we were copyrighting that I could see in the future there's going to be a oh wow he owns he took photographs of from those trains from back in the day whether it's the artist or whether it's the city of New York and we talking about 
billions of dollars, man. That, but that's another fight. Yeah, though, yeah, right? that's another. Listen, we only got a, a minute left. But you know, that's the thing I is we're going to talk about, and th- we didn't even get into like the destruction of Five Points and how the city and the world does not value the art. Yeah. You know, I wonder. I wonder if this was. Uh, you know, Italian art students who came went to art school would they tear down your buildings? But they, but if it's a black it, it man from totally from East New York, they 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 let it go. You, you see, in this country, they don't value they they don't hold the artist or the teacher in high esteem. They hold people who make money, um, you know, lawyers and doctors and things like that in high esteem. But they don't hold the artists and teachers in high esteem. So it wouldn't happen in Europe. Because they have of working with you know people like myself and, and they and they honor and they reward teachers in all different kinds of societies, but not here in the United States. And and it's a shame yeah, that places like Five Point and our art form had to be removed from a lot of different places. I've lost a a lot. I've I've been hurt. Yeah. Because I've I've lost masterpieces in art in, in our community because of things like gentrification and and just because people didn't like the art form uh, because of what has been labeled by the media and by people that did not we were actually just trying to express ourselves and do art. Yeah. Well, listen, James, we're gonna stop that. That that that's that's the thing. Me and you is back on. So we uh, we're gonna be doing uh, some I'm, things for the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got it, James. We got. Can't it. wait. We're going right, to we make sure they All never right. forget you, boy. So thank you to our guest, James Top. Y'all going to be hearing and seeing a lot for him. Man, Wes, and, and thank you all the students out there. It's easy to get in contact with me. Um, Facebook, James Top. Instagram, James Top Productions. Email me at graffitinyctv at gmail.com. That's all you got to know uh, to know about anything that's going on here in New York City and graffiti. And, and thank you very much, man. No doubt, uh, brother. For having me you know, on your podcast. I really appreciate it. No, no, it's been long overdue, long overdue. All right, excellent. So listen, y'all, we're going to take a quick music break. Uh, We're going to come back with our final thoughts. You listen to ycradio.org, the voice of today's generation. Swift Chance Report, we'll be back. Let's get into um, Treacherous 3 to feel the heartbeat, Brian. We're going to take it back to to the original days. We'll see you in a minute, y'all. Peace. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome. Uh, well, we just want to say goodbye. We got one minute left. Thank you to my guest, James Top, who is an OG. I wish we had two hours, as I do with my normal guests. Drop a lot of gems. Cannot underestimate the importance of that brother to the culture. And we hope you guys all go and, and uh, email James. Uh, follow follow some. Do your own research. There's a great uh, interview with him on MassAppeal.org, uh, where he gets into more of the detail of the history and. He gets for all my artists out there. He talks a little bit more about his style and his technique. It's really wonderful stuff. Um, but such an important person, and it's such an honor uh, to have him on the show. Um, last thing is self plug. We got the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival 2017, our 13th annual. We just announced our dates uh, July 12th. It's actually probably going to be now July 11th to the 16th. Go to bkhiphopfestival.com to get your tickets. We're doing our first artist announcement a week from Friday. It's going to be a super day dedicated to celebrating all aspects of the culture, the music, the art, the film, dance, everything. It's going to be great. But if you like what we talk about here, that's the time when we do it. And I just want to just thank uh, Brian and everybody at ycradio.org for giving a platform to people like James Todd. What he talks about, his masterpiece is being destroyed. is something that we as a people, as a community, must stand up and stop. That man is a genius, as, as, as good as... Rodan or Gauguin or anybody these guys are geniuses but because sometimes they look like us and they come from the from the pink houses they get their stuff destroyed and we have to stand up against it so I'm glad that we have this forum here at this wonderful radio station at this great school to do it so thank you for that man because that's going to be so important as we go down the line but anyway we out we'll see y'all next week be good to yourself so a chance to report peace